My dad had never been to Great American Ballpark. Um, always loved the Cincinnati Reds, but had never been to any stadium that the Reds had ever played in. And so my mom got it set up. We were able to go to a game on opening day, and so he was able to see his Reds. As an added bonus, um, they honored my dad for his military service, and so he was their designated hometown hero for the day. So they brought him down, and it's opening day at the Cincinnati Reds, so it's obviously a sold-out game. And they uh, put my dad on top of the Reds dugout, um, and the whole stadium is cheering for him, thanking him for his service, as well as some of the Reds players. And His first time seeing his favorite team, and the fans are cheering for him. What's up, Bucketheads? Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to episode number 128 of the Baseball Bucket List podcast. I'm your host, Anna Di Tommaso, and each week on the show, I speak with a different baseball fan about their favorite memories, what's left on their baseball bucket list, and what the game of baseball means to them. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Zach Beeson from Eastern Indiana. Zach is an Angels fan who's lived in several cities across the country thanks to being a member of a multi-generational military family. Zach is one of my favorite followers on Twitter and the Baseball Bucket List website because he seems to have been just about everywhere, and he does a great job of documenting those journeys. He's also very vocal about the fact that the baseball season doesn't really end with the final out of the World Series, and he shares with us a great cure for off-season sadness, international winter baseball. We chat about some of his ballpark travels and how he became interested in the sport outside of Major League Baseball. Be sure to check out the show notes because Zach has shared some links for learning more about and even watching some of the international leagues we discuss in this episode. I had a ton of fun with Zach. I know you're really going to love this episode and learn something new today. Now, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy some baseball banter with Zach Beeson. Zach, thank you so much for joining us today on the Baseball Bucket List. How are things in eastern Indiana? Pretty good. It's cold, but I'm managing. Just uh, just got back from uh, doing a tour of the Arizona Fall League and seeing one of the teams in the Mexican Pacific League. So it was warm down there, and then I came back to this. <laughs> yeah, so you got a little bit of a little bit of a break from the the harsher weather, but I can't wait to talk about that trip and then you know several of the others that you've been on and just all of that interesting stuff. But you know, I'm going to get started with the question of how is it that you fell in love with the game of baseball. I started watching it from a young age because um, my dad, he played growing up. And then as well as my grandfather on my dad's side, um, he was raised playing baseball. He played semi-professionally, um, played against minor league teams of the time when minor league teams and semi-pro teams, when they all still played against each other. And so I just grew up watching it, grew up loving it. And that's how I became a fan, just a big uh, sports guy and just fell in love with baseball the most. And that was my sport which kind of disappointed my mom because she loves basketball. She played collegiately, but baseball has been my number one. Where did your mom play ball in school? I'm at Big Bend College. It's in central Washington uh, where she's from. So she's Pacific Northwest. So she's all any team from up there, Gonzaga, Seahawks, Mariners, loves her Mariners. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. So what do you think it was about baseball in particular that kind of sucked you in a little more than the other sports? Uh, playing it for one. So like I played in high school, um, had some college tryouts, but uh, took a different road. So I never played in college. Um, so just always being around it, being involved with it. Um, I also got to uh, coach Little League for a little bit. Um, so I have done that. And then to mentor my own son, uh, which has made me love the game even more. And then attending games, being there. I love the atmosphere. So whether it's, you know, the concessions, the fans, the ambiance of the stadium itself, 
I love it so much and just, and it's relaxing. I mean, it's not, it's not like football or basketball where you're edge of your seat. And I don't know, me personally, I think football is boring, but um, it's just, I don't know. I just love the nature of baseball. It's more of a relaxing sport and it's, you can conversate and enjoy the game as well. And so I just, I love it. Yeah. My, it fits my lifestyle. <laughs> I hear you. That's a lot of the, the same reasons I like the game. And I think it, it is just has had such lasting and staying power in, you know, in our culture. But we're audio only, so listeners can't see the gorgeous piece of headwear that you're, you're currently donning, the, uh, the interlocking TB. But I know that's not your favorite major league team. How is it that you became a fan of the Angels? I was born in Orange County because my dad was in the military. And so I was born there, moved around the country all over the place. So I could have been really any team. Um, but I stuck with that because that's where I was born. And then my formative years was in Virginia. Um, and there's no team there. Um, I was about halfway through high school when the Expos moved to Washington, D.C. and became the Nationals. Um, but that didn't really catch on for me. And I just stuck with the Angels, which has been full of heartbreak for <laughs> several years now. Oh, it is. And I, I I feel so bad about that, right? Because like, that's a team stacked with generational talents. And it just isn't it doesn't shake out like nothing ever seems to to fall the way it needs to. But I mean, there had to have been a time where you were very, very excited about what the future was going to hold when you signed a guy named Mike Trout, and then another guy named Shohei Otani. But Kind of give me your thoughts. I know it might be a little a little painful, but kind of what are you thinking we're going to see from from Otani this offseason? I think it would do what I believe agents should do is just sign whoever's going to offer you the most money. I mean, they're producing generational wealth and, you know, trying to provide for a family. And if that's with the Dodgers or the Mariners or Braves, whoever, then, then so be it. Like, but I'll be sad that he's leaving especially since we couldn't build around those two guys. And then I wish we could just get rid of Anthony Rendon. That was a waste of money. Like I said, it'll be hurtful, but I'll live. (laughs) I'm used to losing. I mean, I think the Angels should take the moniker from the Cubs as the uh, lovable losers by now. You always cracked me up when you when you would like tweet or comment about how, you know, like at the end of the 2022 season when the Rays were were ousted from the postseason, you know, that... uh, it's okay because the Angels are probably already out of the 2024 postseason race. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what I thought, too. I mean, everyone was dogging on the Rays like, oh, not enough people are attending the playoff games or, you know, nobody's watching or it's the middle of the day. And it's like, well, you know, I, I wish the Angels had that problem yeah. of filling seats during a playoff game. Like, we're not there. The Rays are. Yeah. I hope they get it together. I think it would be a lot more interesting for for all of baseball. I think it'd be a lot more fun. And um, I hope that there are brighter days ahead for for the Angels. But we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. So I really enjoy following you on Twitter because it seems like you're everywhere. Anytime someone posts a photo or a video where they're kind of recapping something that they did at a ballpark, there's a photo of Zach and his entire family all decked out in this team's gear at this specific ballpark or, you know, a video of you coming in from the ballpark or a photo or something like that. You're just all over the place and I love it so much. I kind of live vicariously through you. I mean, you're at minor league games, you're at independent league games. And so I am so curious to hear how is it that you kind of took this love of baseball and, you know, segued it into 
all this traveling that you're doing that it seems like I don't know if baseball is really the reason that you guys are traveling or if it just happens to be a, a nice to have. So growing up, I had always wanted to go to all the major league ballparks like a lot of people do. And my parents and I would tell them, like, I want to do this. And so I always grew up with my dad telling me, well, when you get your own job and money, you can do whatever you want to. And so what did I do? I got my own job and my own money. I do whatever I want to, really. Um, but that love of traveling and going to all these ballparks really hit when I uh, first moved to Idaho. I lived in eastern Idaho in my first two years of college at BYU-Idaho. And uh, when I first moved there, I was like, is there any baseball teams around? Because the closest MLB teams are the Rockies. That's an eight-hour drive. Or the Mariners, which is a 12-hour drive. I mean, it's a really remote place in the world. And so I looked up, because I grew up going to Norfolk Tides games in Virginia, and I knew they weren't playing against themselves there had to be other teams out there um but when i was in idaho i looked up and uh, lo and behold oh 25 minutes away there's the idaho falls chuckers like oh who do they play against oh there's this pioneer league and this is when they were still minor league baseball before the independent pioneer league formed and i looked and this is when i learned wow there's like 140 minor league teams and they offer something different i'd like to see them and then i started reading articles from stadium journey as well as other websites of what these teams have to offer and i grew up traveling with my family with my parents and my siblings so that gene if you will was already in me uh, to go places but i mean i also love hiking and museums other stuff like that because i couldn't make it all about baseball or the kids would become disinterested really <laughs> right. quickly if all we ever do is go to ball games um but then that's where that came and it just turned into traveling and going to these ballparks because I love map reading. I love logistics and planning. So like I plan these out. I always look at home schedules of ball teams and that's how I ended up traveling and going places. And just, I've lived all over the country too, which makes it a little easier for some teams, harder for others. Yeah. And so that's, that's how I got that. How on board is the family, right? Like, I mean, you kind of mentioned it can't all be baseball. I mean, I feel like that's obviously, you know, understandable from a, a little kid's perspective or from even like a whole family's perspective. But I mean, do they get excited about it? Are they, do they like the games? Do they kind of like just the environment? What's that like? Um, I've grown to expect it that uh, I'm planning this trip. And so they know that, well, baseball is a part of it. Um, Cause I made it known to the kids. I said, if you fund the trip, then we'll, I'll do whatever you want to, but I'm the one funding it. You're going to do what I plan, you know, and this is what we're doing. And so they've grown used to it. They just know, like, as long as I'm being fed and enjoying my time, then so be it. Um, for example, my daughter, she thinks there should be fireworks at every home game of every team always and forever. She just she lives for the fireworks. So do I. <laughs> um, but my boys, they just want to eat and have fun and they enjoy the environment. And they, they actually do love being there. That's cool. Yeah. I always enjoy the photos you guys get, you know, kind of up close to the field. It's just it's just really cool to see everybody there it seems to be enjoying their time. And um, it's just special. But I'm I'm with your daughter. I think fireworks should be mandatory for every ball game at the end of it. Like It's just better that way. So I, I like that thought process. We are deep into this offseason, kind of this void after the major league, minor league um, seasons wrap up. I've already read more books in the last like two weeks than I did the remainder of the year. Uh, just kind of like twiddling my thumbs, waiting around for Major League Baseball to come back. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to chat with you now is because I know that you've been very vocal in expressing 
trying to spread the news that baseball is a year-round sport if you know where to look, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like you've got some really good insight into basically how to keep watching baseball year-round, and I'm hoping you can kind of educate myself and our listeners on on what keeps you busy during the winter. You you already you already teased us a little bit with your recent uh, fall league trip, but you know, kind of kind of talk us through what you've done, what you hope to do, and and some of what the options are. So it happens every year. The final out of the World Series is made, and everyone starts complaining, fussing that I missed baseball. Uh, baseball is over. I wish baseball was back or you get a countdown of someone saying there's this many days left until spring training or, or baseball is this many days away. And I just think like, you can't be serious. Like there's other base, like, and so I pose the question, are you a baseball fan or are you a MLB fan? And that's what I put out to people is like, do you love baseball or do you just want to watch the big leagues? And so with that being said, the night of the world series, when the Rangers clinched and they won, there were several fall league games. And then with the various leagues that play in the Caribbean, I mean, that night there were still 20 other games going on right. with game five of the world series and people were upset about it and uh, missing out on some really good baseball. And I've, I've heard all the excuses in the world. I've heard, Oh, well, language barriers, which to me doesn't make sense. Cause I've heard almost everyone say, I really want to go to Japan to see a game. You know, what are, what are you going to do there when no one's speaking English and, you know, it's the same with uh, these Spanish-speaking countries that play baseball. And I, I don't know. I really believe that people are missing out on some good baseball that are played throughout the Caribbean. And you got some big names that are playing down there. For example, the last couple of weeks, Nelson Cruz, several other stars that maybe have kind of fallen by the wayside. Or you get different minor leaguers from like A-ball or independent that are trying to get more reps in. So they're down there playing as well. And so you there's a lot of good baseball to be played and to watch. I mean, and it's, and it's available to us if, if people want to see it. How did you first hear about, like, let's say some of the Caribbean leagues and things like that? You know, did you, did you pursue it or did you just kind of stumble across it? I really stumbled across it because I remember uh, this was years ago. I think when I first moved to Oklahoma, I was flipping through and I randomly had ESPN Deportes as a TV channel. And I was like... Okay, and this was mid-February, and I turned it on, and I, it's the Caribbean series is playing. I was like, wow, they're like actually playing legit baseball games, and spring training hasn't started yet. What is going on? And then so I delve on, delved in and did some research, and come to find out the Caribbean series is similar to the Champions League soccer in Europe, where it's a different team that won the league within their respective country, and then they're all playing each other to see who's the best. And turns out it starts... Uh, around the time the playoffs start for Major League Baseball, and it goes all winter. And I was like, why Why have I not known about this? I, I love this. And, and so it's helped me to improve my Spanish, for one, and also grow a deeper love for the game that I think is really important and I think a lot of people are missing out on. Yeah. You mentioned Nelson Cruz, who obviously just announced his retirement at the close of, of this year's Major League season. His name comes to mind Albert Pujols, near the end of his career, maybe even after he was done playing here in Major League Baseball. It was, it. Uh, he played in the Dominican Republic for the uh, Leones de Escogido yeah. in the DR. And that was the year before his last season with the Cardinals. Yeah. Okay. So 
I love hearing stuff like that because I feel like those are probably things that these players have had on their bucket list, kind of for lack of a better term, that they wanted to do, but maybe it just didn't work out for whatever reason. Maybe they they had to stay in a certain area. They had to do training in you know whatever specific locations that their contract delegated. But I love seeing that stuff because it kind of gives these guys, I feel like, a chance to to let loose and kind of play a little more like a kid, you know, like just for loving the game. You have to tell us about the Fall League, the, the Fall League trip that you were just recently on. I have heard from a handful of people that the Fall League is like the best kept secret in all of baseball. I feel like just judged, judging on, you know, how many people have been tweeting about it from Twitter that it's kind of losing that secrecy, which is a great thing, I think. I think I'd love to see it get more and more popularity. But um, is this your first time you were there? How many teams did you see? How long did you stay? And like, what was the vibe like? So I stayed for a week. Thankfully, it wasn't too much because my brother lives in the Phoenix area. That helps. Um, And so I went to five of the six teams. I didn't get to see the uh, Salt River Rafters because they didn't have a home game while I was out there. But I saw all the other teams within the Arizona Fall League and they play at the spring training facilities. And I had a very, very spring training like atmosphere because you get people from all over the place. You get a lot of snowbirds because you got a lot of older people that live in cold parts of the Midwest or the Colorado or Pacific Northwest that have houses down in that area and just don't want to be cold in the wintertime. Right. So they make their way down there. And so you meet a lot of people from all over the place. And so, like I said, it has a very spring training like atmosphere. Um, and you just get minor leaguers from all walks of life from every team just mixed together. And I mean, it's just, it's baseball. It was fun. And I was glad I was able to see that. I'm glad they had hats. And so I've, I've seen so many comments of like, is there hats online? Do you sell hats? No, they don't because they want you to get out there. <laughs> they want you to go to the games because every, uh, Every fall league game I went to, they had hats of the hats and shirts of teams full of the in stock. Um, they they were not running on any shortage or anything, but they want people to come out there. So you're not going to find them online. You got to get out to Arizona. Yeah, it was really fun to be out there. My brother was able to come with me to a couple games, and then eventually, after I saw all those teams, I went down and saw the uh, Aguilas de Mexicali in the Mexican Pacific League. Where is that team located? Uh, Mexicali, Mexico. So kind of where Arizona, California, and Mexico all come together. Um, it's a border town, um, pretty big city. It's got over a million people there. And it was really fun. It was my first ever game in Mexico. Uh, it felt like a uh, party atmosphere, uh, kind of like I was at Dodger Stadium. And so had a great time, had a blast. And it's just, I don't know, it puts a little, puts a little bit into perspective when, you know, you're the minority, you're the one of the few English speakers in the whole stadium. For sure. Had a great time. I've spoken with a couple of folks who have seen games in Mexico before. Did they play music like throughout the whole game? Oh yes. I mean, in between every pitch, um, there was, there was music blaring as loud as possible. And so that's something different because usually players just have walk up music and that's it. But no, between every pitch, there was music playing. So the vibe is just like, it's it's like a party basically, right? Like the energy is oh, yeah. just high. Are fans cheering or are they kind of just like there enjoying themselves? Or can you tell if they're like immersed in the game? Oh, they are. They pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. Um, cheering at the right time and getting crazy. Um, it just, 
Stinks is a little different because like there, there's still a lot of their amenities and stuff. It's cash only, so concessions. Um, so that part's a little bit different. They haven't gone cashless like a lot of teams here in the U.S. Um, but it was, like I said, it was just a fun atmosphere, fun to be around. And I've never seen so many people that walk up and down the aisles with cotton candy or whatever else. Um, we see that at major league games, but several times in the inning, there's somebody with something different walking up and down the stairs of the stadium. That's cool. So for all of these different leagues that you're kind of following through, you know, the the major league offseason, do you have a favorite team or favorite teams within each of these leagues? Or are you basically just, you know, whatever game you can find is is the one you're after? I try to watch all of them just to see how it's different or what different teams offer. It's been hard to get some of the Mexican league games this year because I don't know if they had any problem with their broadcaster that makes it available in the U.S., but it's not working. Mm. Um, but it's available. If it's there, I'll watch it. And so, I mean, just to, so your listeners know, I mean, if they have MLB TV, uh, the Dominican games are there for free. Uh, Nicaragua, Colombia, sometimes Cuba, they have their games for free on YouTube. I mean, Puerto Rico has it on uh, R1 Sports. Um, I've been to some games there, which are pretty neat as well. Really? Yeah. Um, so the games are available. It's there. Um, and I uh, highly encourage people to go check, check it out. To me, baseball is one language. And so if you know baseball, you'll know what's going on. Yeah, for sure. It's like uh, I, I watch a bunch of soccer games in Spanish because that's that's just where they're like, that's the only feed I can get. And it's like, I you know what's happening. It's fine. You know, like you can follow along just fine. And the uh, sometimes the announcing is actually like more exciting and I don't need to listen to so much of the just, you know, backstory, mindless word salad going on. <laughs> so um, that's cool. Right. And I had this conversation with Mike Sellers. I had, when I talked to Mike Sellers, I had told him that I think baseball is most boring in English because mm. I've listened Spanish, Japanese, Korean. I've even listened, if you listen to the uh, Capitales of Quebec or the Frontier, Frontier League, their broadcasts are in French. Like all those languages are more exciting than English. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, and as you kind of mentioned earlier, it's, it's not a bad way to kind of immerse yourself in the the culture or the language a little more and, and pick up on some things. So that's cool. Um, how long are these leagues running? You know, like, are they are they running up and through, like, straight up until spring training? Do they do they wrap up a little ahead? Do you know? Um, they get a little ahead because they know a lot of the players are signed to minor league, major league contracts. And so they know they got ready for spring training. Um, and so most of them will conclude the championship in their respective country, usually late January, early February. Um, and then the winners of those, they meet for the Caribbean series um, and play for that early February, which I want to try and go. We'll see. Because this year it's actually in Miami, Florida, where the Miami Marlins play. And so they're doing it at their stadium. Oh, that should be doable then. That should be that should be doable. That's just a, a hop, skip, and a jump on a couple of airplanes for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. I look forward to seeing if you make it out to that, because that would be awesome. I just, because with these games, I try to immerse myself in the culture. And if people have seen my Twitter or whatever, they'll understand that all these different games, whether it be in the summer or during these winter league, what have you, um, I try to make food from that area. Just I'm a big old foodie and, you know, and try different things, different cultures. Um, baseball has a lot to offer with several different cultures, even within the United States. Um, the food in Florida is not the same as in Ohio or Nevada or Montana. And so I 
love to do that with the kids on the weekends is try to, we'll pick a team who has a home game. Okay, let's research the food of the team in that area. Or if they got like a soda, because I don't drink alcohol, but if they have like a soda that's from that state, you know, we'll try to order some of that and be able to try different foods. And I, I think it's helped me love the game more through food, which sounds kind of weird, but I mean, if it wasn't for baseball, then I wouldn't be able to try these different things and be able to explore these different foods that are available. And it helps too that, so I don't live very far from Cincinnati. They have a store called Jungle Gym. It's an international market that's probably about four times the size of a Costco. Whoa. And they just, they got a lot of stuff. So it really helps out too. <laughs> Love going there and trying different foods. That's awesome. So I'm assuming then when you're when you're at these different ballparks, you're you're kind of looking for items that catch your eye or, or something like that. Can you give us an example of like, let's say, pick an international team and then talk through what you guys would whip up in, in the Beeson kitchen there? So when I've watched the Dominican League, I've made a, um, a plate. It's called Los Tres Copes. And what it has is uh, salami, uh, fried cheese, and eggs. And so that's been pretty good with the soda. It's called Country Club. Um, they got a couple different flavors, so those are pretty good. Or... We watched the uh, Mississippi Braves one time, so we made po' boys and Barbers <laughs> root beers from Mississippi. So we eat that. Um, so just a bevy of different things that are available. Or when I watch a team from Milwaukee, it's always got to be a beer brought. I mean, really can't be anything else. But right. and some cheese curds. <laughs> and so yeah, like I said, just different things to try. Or, or for example, this past Sunday uh, or Saturday, I'm sorry. The Arizona Fall League Championship game was on, and I made chimichangas, which are not Mexican food. They're actually from Arizona. Um, and I found a, uh, a brew house on the north side of Phoenix that also produces their own soda. And I was able to buy some cans, and I took that home so that I could have during the game with the kids. <laughs> I love that so much. I think that's so cool because, like, I mean, I've talked about it so many times before, but, like, one of my favorite things about baseball, and you alluded to it before about the pace of the game and the timing of it, is it, it does make room for being able to enjoy the other aspects of, of things going on that aren't the game on the field, you know? So when you're at the ballpark, you can find time to to get food or, or beverages that are kind of local to the scene. And then I just love that you guys are taking it to like the next level and you're bringing that local fair to, to Eastern Indiana there. That's pretty special. So I love that idea. That's so cool. What comes to mind if I ask you what your favorite baseball memory is? The, all of the above. <laughs> no. Um, I think uh, my favorite baseball memory uh, a couple years ago, so this was before COVID, my mom, my mom's such a hustler. I don't know what she did. Um, so my dad had never been to great American ballpark. Um, he kind of grew up in a poor household, but he grew up watching the big red machine. Um, always loved the Cincinnati Reds, but had never been to any stadium that the Reds had ever played in. And so my mom got it set up to opening day. Uh, we were able to go to a game on opening day. And so he was able to see his Reds. Um, and as an added bonus, um, they honored my dad for his military service. And so he was their designated hometown hero for the day. So they brought him down and it's opening day at the Cincinnati Reds. So it's obviously a sold out game. And they, uh, put my dad on top of the Reds dugout. Um, and the whole stadium is cheering for him, thanking him for his service, as well as some of the Reds players. And, you know, so he got to chat with them for a brief moment. And so I think that's probably 
been my favorite baseball memory to see him at, at his first time seeing his favorite team and the fans are cheering for him. Um, and I, I don't know. I just always remember that. I'm always going to cherish that to see him happy there and watch him beat the pirates on opening day. Yeah. That's gotta be a special memory. I mean, you, you're not going to beat that. I don't think, I guess. Uh, so, um, yeah. wow. That's incredible. So your mom kind of facilitated all of that and, and they brought him up on the dugout to, to honor him as the hometown hero. That's pretty cool. That's really awesome. What branch was he in? He's the Coast Guard. So Coast Guard. we kind of go back and forth all the time because I'm Army. Right. <laughs> so we just kind of give each other crap for it, but that's okay. Yeah. Speaking of Army, so that's, you know, brings another perspective of loving the game and, you know, just something I'll miss because, I mean, I get word that I'm getting deployed to the Middle East uh, late next year. Mm. And so, you know, I'll, be able, I'll miss that, you know, and I'll see all the posts and stuff from the game. But I just, you know, cherish those memories with the kids of how peaceful it is being at the ball game, and I'll be excited for it when I get back. Yeah. <laughs> Will you be able to watch games while you're over there? I mean, does does it work that way? Does MLB TV work overseas? Yes. Okay. Um, I just, the time zone part will be different because a lot of sure. games start at like seven at night. So it'll be four in the morning there. Yeah. That'll be a little tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, a special thank you. I think I speak for everyone when I say it, you know, to, to both you and your dad, thank you for your service. That's, that's really cool. And, uh, we, we really sure. appreciate it. All right. What's left to check off on the baseball bucket list? You know, like what's the one thing you really want to see, a place you want to go, a person you want to meet, something like that. Anything goes here. Well, I just had a bucket list item get crossed off about a month ago. It was my Norfolk Tides winning the AAA title. So I'm thankful for that. So my next uh, bucket list, I'd really like to uh, head to games in Japan and the Dominican Republic. Um, to be able to go to those two places and immerse in different kind of cultures and visit those teams because i mean i've been to a lot of teams in the united states i'm still still working on that um but i would really like to start expanding more into international and see see how the game is played there i mean it's the same rules i don't know why i say how the game is played but you know the culture is different the vibe is different and so i want to get to these places and see what they have to offer yeah i think the more i hear about that like Shane Barclay, who runs Japan Ball, he's got a crew over in the DR right now. So I'm watching all these posts come back about the things they're doing. And he was just in Japan like a month ago. And um, I'm right there with you. Like it's it's definitely like leapfrogging some of these other domestic kind of bucket list items that I've been planning on. So I think it's it's becoming like more and more attractive and, and something that I'm more excited about. So it'd be awesome. We should go on the same trip. That's what we should do. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> yeah, and you can cook. So um, that'd be that'd be great. Thank you. Zach, I've enjoyed this so much. I can't, you know, thank you enough for making time. I know you were just on the road, so appreciate you kind of fitting us in the schedule here as, as you get back to home. And um, if people want to follow you online, if they want to kind of learn a little bit more about what you're up to, maybe some of your stories about your, your ball games and the, the games you've been watching – where should they go to do that? If you want to find me on Twitter, X, or whatever we call it today, um, it's Zach Beeson22. Um, that's where you'll see most of my posts of games I go to, as well as games I'm watching, foods I'm cooking. Um, or you can 
actually follow me on uh, baseballbucketlist.com and see the games that I have been to. Um, I'll post there as well. Um, I don't do Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or I do have Facebook, but it's rarely used. So find me on Twitter. Yeah. Awesome. Zach, I can't thank you enough. I really enjoyed this. I uh, uh, look forward to seeing, you know, kind of what you're getting into next. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me here and uh, love being here. Thank you. And that will wrap up this episode of the Baseball Bucket List podcast. Special thanks to Zach Beeson for joining us this week and sharing those stories and memories. If this sounds like something you'd like to do, if you think you might like to be a guest on the show, head to baseballbucketlist.com slash podcast and fill out an application. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. While you're there, make sure to spend some time on the site. Sign up for a free membership, build your own baseball bucket list, and track those ballpark visits. And of course, most importantly, connect with other fans. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next episode.